in biblical times, it was customary for people to sit at the feet of their teacher. It was a reverent posture, and you were able to give the person speaking your full attention. People who sat at the feet of their teacher gained a great deal of knowledge and learned about life and living and whatever else the person might be speaking about. I'm glad you're watching now, and I hope you feel as though you are in a position to listen and learn from today's lesson from God's Word. However, consider your week. Where do you sit regularly? To what or to whom do you give your time when it comes to self-improvement and learning about the concepts and philosophies you believe in? Do you marvel at what movie and television stars say? Are you listening to talk shows and to news reporters that are often very biased and leave little room for a godly life? Is your moral compass composed of people who have little to no Christian values? Who are you following? Whose feet are you sitting at in your life? Christians must seek Jesus and we must find ourselves at His feet. Those who aren't at the feet of Jesus need to find Him, and Christians should be leading the way to this. Please consider Jesus in the context of today's world of your life. How committed to Him are you? In word only? What do your actions say? Are you a disciple of Jesus? If not, why not? There may be something going on in your life right now, and you don't know what to do. I'll tell you what you need to do, friend. You need to come sit at the feet of Jesus and learn His teachings. Learn what He teaches about living in a difficult world. Learn what He in the New Testament teaches about family. Learn things you never knew that will bring you lasting happiness and contentment. Another thing to consider is, does your church sit at the feet of Jesus? Or do they sit at the feet of what will bring in crowds? Do they sit at the feet of what is popular? Do they sit at the feet of pleasing man? It may seem they are pleasing God, but how much of what they do can be found in the Bible? What examples do they justify their actions on? I hope you'll consider all of this during this discussion today. In this lesson, we are going to look at people found at the feet of Jesus. Maybe you'll see yourself. Maybe you'll finally discover the remedy you need for your life. In Matthew 15, Jesus was in the thick of His ministry. He was teaching the Pharisees, healing people, and trying to get the disciples to understand the concept of parables and what they meant. Then we read in Matthew 15, 29 and 30. Departing from there, Jesus went along by the Sea of Galilee, and having gone up on the mountain. He was sitting there, and large crowds came to Him, bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others. And they laid them down at His feet, and He healed them. The people who were at the feet of Jesus were suffering. The passage describes many with physical disabilities. Why were these people brought to Jesus? The people who brought them had heard about His many miracles. They had faith He could heal them. They wanted what He had, and what He had was the ability to make their lives better. Are you suffering today? Last week I spoke on depression. 
And how an understanding of that condition and a relationship with Christ can help you get better. Are you suffering in your marriage? Are you suffering in your parenting? Is the church you attend helping people heal today? Miracles have ceased, of course, but the wisdom found in Scripture should be proclaimed from your pulpit, and it, in a way, can do a great deal of healing. The glorification of the God of Israel should be coming through the singing you engage in. Does the church you attend proclaim Christ in such a way that people would want to attend? Because you see, the passage earlier says that people were brought to Him. In other words, there were people who were well, there were people who were healthy, and they brought these sickly people to Jesus. I hope that us at Verbal Chapel are going out finding people, seeing people who need Christ, and working to bring them to our building in such a way as we can now through this avenue of video. But when we are able to meet again, bringing those people to our building, through our youth programs, through other things that we do here at our ministries, and working to bring people to Christ because it was the healthy people who knew Jesus, who brought the sick to Him and laid these sick people at His feet. There's a lot of suffering in this world. And churches, including us at Birdville Chapel, have the means to eradicate much of this suffering. Individuals need to sit at the feet of Jesus, but so does the leadership of our congregations. Too many churches simply proclaim what they regularly believe with no means of growth, with no means of reaching out. Are we sitting in our buildings when we're able and do we stare for an hour with no plan to help ease the suffering of others? With no analysis of our community? Who are we helping? It's not enough to have a number of people attending. We must do more. Of those people attending, who's not here? Of those not here, who can we help? Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, but that means helping to stop suffering, church. That means finding those people who need it, not just waiting on them to come to the door, but having the means, having the method to reach out and help stop suffering. Too many people have given up on the church to do much for them. And so they look to the government who is there to give them something. What does the church offer? We have a lot to offer, and that includes eternal salvation. But many have forgotten about this. I hope we are here to help people get better from their suffering as we all individually and collectively as a body of people sit at the feet of Jesus. Next, let's look at Mark 5, 22 and 23. It says, One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and on seeing Jesus fell at His feet and implored Him earnestly saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. Here we see a person who has faith in Jesus' ability to heal, but it's interesting because he was a synagogue official, a Jew. Many of the Jews had a difficult time believing that Jesus was the Son of God. So this official was breaking with many of his peers, perhaps. And why was he doing this? This official, this teacher of the law, had a need that only Christ could fulfill. And this need was to save His daughter. In verses 25-34, through 34, 
Jesus had to help the woman with the hemorrhage. I'm sure the synagogue official was feeling a bit of anxiety at this point. He's found the man who can heal his daughter, and now Jesus is helping someone else. Come on, Jesus, my daughter is dying. These people can wait. She's had that hemorrhage for 12 years. I wonder if he thought something like that. We pick back up with the official story in verse 25. It's here that another delay occurs. Some people came from his house and told him, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher? Why trouble Jesus anymore? Jesus hears this and tells the man to not be afraid any longer, but only believe. The Lord goes to the official's house with all these people there who are mourning the girl's death. Jesus says, She is only sleeping. The people laugh at him. Jesus was probably accustomed to this by now. He takes the girl's hand and tells her to get up, which she did. Now what happened? Jesus told the official not to worry, even though it was taking a long time to get to his house. Jesus told the people the girl was only asleep and they laughed. There was delay after delay after delay. Then Jesus went into the room with His closest disciples. Peter, James, and John, and the child's father and her mother. There was a close-knit group here that had faith in Jesus. Everyone else was left outside. But there these people were who knew Jesus could heal this little girl. Why? The man fell at the feet of Jesus. This took belief in the power of Christ. This took faith that the actions of the official would lead to an end that he hoped for. This took conviction on his part to ask Christ into his life to change it. This took humility because he was asking something of someone else. Why are you at the feet of Jesus? Why are you asking Him to heal your daughter? Why are you bothering Him? Christian today, why are you spending your time on spiritual things? Perhaps you are in such a condition right now that you feel like your healing is being delayed. People are laughing at you. People are telling you that Jesus can do nothing. That it's too late. Listen friend, it's never too late when you have Jesus. And it may not be as bad as you think. After all, the girl was only asleep. In Luke 7, there was a Pharisee who asked Jesus to dine with him at his home. Of course, when you have the Son of God at your house, word gets around. Let's look at verses 37 and 38. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. This woman heard that Jesus was in the area and she made preparations to see him. She brought a bottle of perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, the perfume, and her own tears. This shows sacrifice. The perfume cost money. When a similar thing happened in Matthew 26, the disciples suggested that the perfume could have been sold and the money given to the poor. Sinners must sacrifice if they are to be at the feet of Jesus.
The behavior of the woman also shows a contrite heart. A heart moved by guilt for being a sinner. This woman knew that her behavior is what caused her pain. And now she wants out of it. Too many people today love their sin. Guess what? It keeps you from Christ. And it keeps you suffering in this world regularly. With Christ, you can live a pure and content life. You will get along better with your friends. Your marriage will thrive. And you will be able to live with the toughest person of all. Yourself. This woman, a sinner, approaches Jesus. And she didn't care what other people thought. She didn't let anything delay her and keep her from her Savior. Don't let the world keep you from Christ. Because people in the world will definitely try. The Pharisee who was hosting this gathering spoke to himself in verse 39. If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him. That she is a sinner. Does this sound like a church that you would want to attend? If people knew what this person had done, they wouldn't let her in the building. Shame on you, Pharisee, for thinking that way. I hope that when churches can meet safely again, we will accept any and all who enter our doors. Jesus told Simon the Pharisee in verses 44 through 46, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, which was customary at the time. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. This sinful woman honored Jesus with her anointing and the cleaning of His feet, but Simon did nothing to honor Him. How many churches today, how many Christians today, think they have Jesus and do absolutely nothing to honor Him? Instead, they find reasons why they can't help the poor or start a ministry that would actually do something worthwhile. Well, someone might complain. You know who's complaining in Luke chapter 7? It's Jesus. You know who He's complaining about? People like Simon the Pharisee who find reasons to abstain from good works. You know who Jesus is blessing? The sinful woman seated at His feet. So how do you sit at the feet of Jesus today? First off, by following the examples we have discussed. If you are hurting, if your pain comes from your sin, if you're suffering, if things just aren't right in your life, Jesus is who you need. And you need to sit at His feet. You can't live life on your own. Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. You can't make good decisions without a guide in your life. You can't thrive without solid principles of living. Where do you get your philosophy for living, by the way? From The View? From soap operas? From our 24-hour news channels? From your favorite movie star? Listen, there are musicians and artists that I appreciate for their work, but that's where it stops. The God for my life is Jesus and Jesus alone. 
You can also sit at the feet of Jesus by looking at the Word of God. I hope you see that we have done this today. I have based what I have told you today on Scripture. If you disagree with me, contact me and let's study about it. By worshiping Christ, you can also sit regularly at His feet. You see, Christians are His representatives. And when you are around them during worship, when you engage with them in fellowship, you will be blessed. I hope you'll visit us at the Birdwell Chapel Church of Christ in Cottontown, Tennessee, or a local congregation of the Lord's Church in your area. We strive to be the church of the New Testament, and we want all people to sit at the feet of Jesus right along with us. You can sit at the feet of Christ by becoming a Christian. The New Testament teaches that a man must be baptized to be added to the body of Christ, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. If you want to be baptized as Scripture teaches, contact us and we can make that happen. Of course, other things are necessary for salvation, belief, and a repentance of your sins, living faithfully, Revelation 2.10. These are just a few things that will put you in contact with the blood of Christ and the boundless grace of God. Sit at the feet of Jesus and become a Christian today. Will you pray with me please? Our Father in heaven, I'm so thankful for the wisdom found in your word, for the teachings, Father, that are there that tell us about sitting at the feet of Christ. I pray that all of us, Father, will strive to do that each and every day. And I pray, Father, for those who are not yet Christians, for those who have not put on Christ in baptism. I pray that that person, that those individuals will contact us here at Birdwell Chapel or at any of our sister congregations the world over. And we'll make that decision, Father, to be immersed into a watery grave of baptism, to be added to the body of Christ, as in the likeness, Father, of Your Son's death, burial, and resurrection. Be with us throughout this week, Father, and may we each and every day glorify Your name in all that You do for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.